0: November fourth, nineteen twenty-two, Howard Carter and his crew find the entrance to Pharaoh Tutankhamun's tomb, also called his sarcophagus. Welcome to the Revisionists. I'm Boo Ryan Flynn.
1: I'm uh, Zach. Too late
0: to. <laughs> Skinner boy,
2: <laughs> <laughs>
0: And joining us is, I've got to, I've got to recycle the pun, Katie Booman, Katie Bowman. Oh, uh, just to, <laughs>
2: woo, thank you just for get having a clean me. Read. Yeah.
0: <laughs> thank you for being here. Uh, it's too late in a number of ways, given that it, it is what five days after Halloween by the time this comes out yeah. um, but <laughs> what's scarier than Thanksgiving Ooh.
2: Ah, it's ah, you have to scary. see your relatives.
0: that is
1: genuinely scarier. You yeah know, Halloween honestly. for all the spooky season shit it gets it's, it's like all we do is we watch fun horror movies, a good mm. genre of movie in my opinion. And uh, yeah. then we end the whole month, we, we put up decorations uh, that everybody likes, and then we end the whole month by doing nice things for children we don't know. Like, yeah. it's a very, it's a it's very nice. as hell. Actually, yeah. it's kind of nicer than Christmas, where we only do nice things for children we do know.
2: Yeah. And it's yeah. very, like, Christmas is capitalist as fuck, you yeah. know? Yeah.
0: Yeah, it's I feel worst. Halloween can get away with, like, being a little more homespun than Christmas a lot of the time.
2: Yeah, well, you can make a costume out of anything, you know? Mm-hmm.
0: You yeah. can make I a really
2: expensive a one. Or... A <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I just saw a yeah. guy put a condom on his head, and then he blew into it through his nose, and it shot up on top of his head, and he was like, they said I could be anything, so I want to be a unicorn. And I was like, what? A DIY unicorn costume. (laughs) There you go. There you go. That's like two cents.
0: That's also like a unicorn in the sense of a man in Denver who knows how to use a condom in some way. (laughs)
2: That's true. Statistically, it's not going well for the people that are out there fucking right now with random people.
0: (laughs) There is super gonorrhea. Uh, Oh, is there a gonorrhea epidemic in Denver?
1: Hey,
2: gonorrhea. (laughs) (laughs)
0: yeah
2: yeah yeah it's bad like people like some guy had to have like a slow drip of antibiotics that he couldn't be taken off of because he had full gonorrhea resistance
1: yeah that's uh is that like a superpower, like a Spider-Man villain, <laughs> the, the worst right. X-Man. Spider-Man? I now. have
2: gonorrhea that won't go away. Like, what
1: Sorry, the Spider-Man, your tricks won't work on me. There I needs have, to be
2: more I have than gonorrhea
1: just... resistance.
2: <laughs> yeah, when I was doing it, I remember the most people don't kept know.
1: Most people don't know that Spider-Man's webs have like a lot of gonorrhea. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's uh, why they'll get you uh, yeah.
0: <laughs> uh,
2: but yeah it's true and sadly syphilis but that's more mm-hmm. with people that do anal you know,
0: yep so yeah really? i um i'll preface this by saying i don't have syphilis but um <laughs> i did I I did a blood I tested I had a false positive for syphilis. It happens. Other, yeah, um cuz I have like some autoimmune yeah. things going yeah, on.
2: Yeah, totally. Autoimmune um, shows like a lot of
0: shit. Yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah. but no, I it gave really blood you know. for children's hospital and then they sent me a letter being like, "Hey, you the tested worst. posi for sif." Um and they're just yeah. And we're like yeah. we could still use the blood because we're pretty it sure it's negative.
1: You have a you have a, you know, a couple you know, you have those syphilis bagels in the morning and suddenly <laughs> you have a
0: false positive. Yeah, I remember that yeah. sign
2: dude, it happens like autoimmune stuff, because I have autoimmune stuff too. And so I didn't know this, but like if you say you also have like the herpes virus, like that's autoimmune. Mm-hmm. Um and so like if you have an outbreak of like rheumatoid arthritis herpes virus outbreak um or if you're having like a, a hpv outbreak um a lot of those can trigger a rapid hiv test to go off too um,
1: and so I, have terrifying. A, I believe oh my god i believe uh mono is one of those diseases that you never yeah. actually leave like it's always in your body i i yeah technically i guess still have mono because yeah i,
2: I had mono my mom thought i was doing heroin but it
1: was Mono. I had some weird fever dreams on Mono. They were about big mosquitoes. I was watching the movie Michael Clayton starring George Clooney.
2: (laughs) Oh my God.
1: That wasn't part of the fever dream. That was... No, yeah. I, I (laughs) I passed out in my college class. My mom came and got me and I was home by the end of the night trying to watch a movie and I was just having... Fever dreams while Michael Clayton was playing.
2: <laughs> that is so, <laughs> so. That's my mono story. It's maybe the,
1: it's actually maybe the most sick I've ever been. Yeah.
2: Mono is pretty weird. You like don't know what's going on. You're like, why am I so tired?
1: Yeah. I passed out in class up. and yeah. Yeah.
2: Like you're passing out. Like, yeah. But isn't it like your heart can explode or something if you don't rest?
1: Uh, that's a little dramatic. Yeah.
2: I little, think that like, might be uh, like,
1: uh, <gasps> I don't know, like, yeah, I, I don't know if explode, but sure. <laughs>
2: it explodes in your chest.
0: <laughs> yeah, there's just Wiley Coyote crazy. hooked up to your heart with one of the crazy. TNT plungers.
1: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but doing, this, is this a Halloween episode? What is going on?
0: Uh, yeah, this is this is a late Halloween episode.
2: This is like um, a this is spooky stuff. You know, like this is, I mean,
0: your heart
1: exploding is scary and I and can happen. And look,
0: STIs, STDs, uh, they're off. They're all
1: safe kids. Uh, kids don't listen to this, I'm sure. Uh, but yep. uh, if you're a kid and you're
0: listening to this, you know, yeah, ask protection. Yeah, ask a yeah. guardian about. Safe sex, like
2: yeah, or looking up really,
0: online. You know almost, what I mean? like, like, both, like, both to learn and both to make your parent or guardian very uncomfortable.
2: Or just find, find, find a, a reputable see. site uh,
0: <laughs>
1: and and don't go on Reddit, but like go on like a site that has like .gov or something on the bottom, and and <laughs> it, it's fine. Other, Honestly, in a lot great. of cases, it's going to be better than your parents because who knows? Maybe they're fucking. Oh my
2: god, my mom was terrible.
1: Yeah, they might be fucking crazy. Yeah, that's uh, true. my so. mom. Another Halloween. spooky Halloween thing. Uh Remember oh, the movie god. Carrie? Your mom might be fucking insane. Oh um, my god! I
2: just watched Carrie again, it, and I read the book again. Oh, I hadn't read the book, but so good, yeah, so fucking yeah. crazy. It's so fucking crazy.
1: Yeah. So, uh, I, don't I trust, your trust your mom.
2: Trust your mom. Don't trust your mom. And also that director is he like on a list somewhere he's, he's
1: huge yeah yeah uh god i'm blanking this, on his name De Palma.
2: De, he like you watch carrie yeah it is okay, De Palma. honestly it's brian De Palma. Was, like listening to carrie on audio and i was like this is getting me like revved up like i could like fuck right now <laughs> And then only because, like, they, like, talk about, like, when she burns, I have been working this on stage. I was, like, when she burns it down, I get down. But, like, (laughs) because you're so happy for her. You're, like, please fucking kill all these evil people. If you ever got bullied, like, that fucking part of that book. And um, then I watched the movie and I was, like, oh, it's not just me. Okay. So this this fucking director made it, like, the most. Weirdly sexual movie you've ever seen where you're like, why is this locker room scene like 10 minutes of just like boobies and bushes?
0: <laughs> that's that's capturing the spirit of all Stephen King works. Um
2: <laughs> I look and love Stephen King.
0: Okay. Yep. Stephen King. I love Stephen King. <laughs> Stephen King sex scenes, very uncomfortable. They um, are. Yeah.
2: And I literally am in the middle of the stand right now.
1: It's, you know. It's. It- it is his best book, in my opinion. Uh, I haven't read all of them, but of the ones I've read, and also that sex scene is, is, think... is uh, the, the worst, the, the worst
2: like with sexual stuff or
1: the sex scene near the end of it. If you know, oh, you man. know.
2: dude, I just got through the one where Larry and um. Rita have sex and I was like, oh, he is gonna have this like Harold and Maud situation go down.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Even in but... Pet Cemetery, there's like a weird hand job, and it's like, oh yeah, this doesn't oh, yeah. need Pet to be Pet Cemetery,
2: weird. Pet Cemetery is very bizarre. And also, if you listen to the audiobook of it, Michael I C did. Hall reads it. Michael C Hall reads it, and it's like he's just really good at it. Mm. Um. He's well really you should read me-
1: if you haven't heard uh read or listened to it the Stephen oh, that's Weber my
2: favorite that is my favorite the
1: Stephen Weber audiobook is 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 exceptional.
2: It's fucking insane I'm like such an it head now I literally also have a joke about it because <laughs> yeah
1: I think I think I Stephen, think Stephen Weber uh his narration of it is one of the best audiobooks re- readings I've I've ever heard ever. Flat straight up, he's so good. Um, yeah, it's
2: so good. I thought it was like so amazing. You get to it keeps you the entire time. You're just like, oh my god. And um, I just think Stephen King is like real about shit, and like people get uh, weirded out because everyone had a different childhood. But like, I grew up in a school where. People were like my friends were like having sex in middle school. Like when people I like knew yeah. were having sex in middle school, and I was like, "Are you okay?" Like, <laughs> and I was like, "Full braces. I had like a retainer like glued in my mouth." And I was like, "I can't I mean,
1: imagine stuck in a dick
2: right now, you know." But like some people were, <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, you know, bad, bad, bad well, stuff. This happens. is going to be a slightly uncomfortable transition to uh, <laughs> know, our our topic for. For this episode,
2: Sorry.
0: Okay. <laughs> no, um, for the second of our Halloween spectaculars, we're going to be talking about uh, a a a real piece of shit. Um, <laughs>
2: yes.
0: Uh, Guy DeRay Ray and Childeray, um, yeah. Guy DeRay it I, I, I've heard
1: Guy. I heard Duray a lot. So. Yeah, I was like, is
2: this like Gilda Radner? But like, Gilder- yeah. when I Gilderay. when I look
1: at it as an American, I think Giles, like the Buffy character, but it, it's not pronounced like that for sure.
2: Hey, go! Oh, I love Giles. Okay, wait. <laughs> hey, do not knock this over. Come on, out, out. Sorry, guys.
0: Oh, we got a we got a doggy. Um, he
2: just finally, he finished that bone in like two seconds. I got nothing now. <laughs> we'll have to get through this. <laughs> Don't worry. He just went away for a second. No, you're good. I'm
0: just good. going. You
2: know?
0: Um, so, Zach, you're going to do the actual history. That's and, correct. Uh, yeah. I guess I'm going to lead in. start. Yep. Sorry. I just want to lead into that with a bit of a uh, content warning. Though... Uh, yeah,
1: I'm gonna try and actually okay. cool, cool, during cool. like the moments where I talk about that part of it, I'm gonna be yeah. like, if you want to skip forward and I'm gonna keep it very brief, like, yeah. you know, yeah, the, the details uh, are there's
0: no need to from get the 1400s super... and
1: yeah. like nobody, like, they're not in depth, like, uh, they came out later and you know. I'll just say like, if you don't want to listen to this part, skip forward fifteen seconds, thirty seconds. I'm not saying that now. I'm going to say that right. later. Yes. Um. Uh. But yeah. Uh, but yeah. Whenever you're ready. Uh, there's some nasty stuff. Um,
0: <laughs>
2: before we start, one sec. Is it okay if I just? I just want to hear how it sounds. G the way.
1: Yeah, that's what I heard. Gilles yeah. de like something DeRay. like it, it almost sounds like the name Jill, like the feminine name Gilles. Jill.
2: Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, and he does um, kind of get it in there, like Jill de Ray.
1: So okay, come here, you That that is that is based on what I, I read and listened to. That's what I'm going with. Cool. Um uh not that I need to give this guy proper, you know, no. <laughs> uh respect. Uh Gilles de Rey. Um, was born uh, sort of around 1405. He was born into an extremely privileged family. Both of his parents came from money. Um, This story involves a lot of French politics from the 1400s, and I am going to gloss over some of them. Uh, You know, uh, there's wars, there's lines of uh, heritage, all that shit. I'm going to make it as simple as possible mm-hmm. uh, for the sake of ease. That is not why people remember this man. No, no it um, is not. Uh, <laughs> but he was very privileged. A uh, couple different noble houses, parents, uh, second cousins, uh, married in a, you know, sort of one of those, we got to combine our power sort of relationships he was born apparently in a place called quote the black tower um cool cool
0: not ominous
1: um, <laughs> that is... uh uh he had a brother a younger brother somewhere between three and ten years younger the records aren't great from this time obviously um but the he did have a younger brother um uh So, when he's about 10, maybe, roughly, uh, again, we don't know his exact year of birth, his dad dies. Uh, As far as I can tell, he was gored by a board during a hunt, like Stannis Baratheon style. Um, (laughs) um, His mom, what happened to her is unclear. She just kind of disappears from the records. But it's generally presumed she died at roughly a similar time, maybe giving birth to the younger brother, uh, but we don't really know. Mm -hmm. Um, But regardless, he's an orphan by relatively early childhood, by the age of 10 or 12 or something like that. Um, He's raised by his maternal grandfather, uh, Uh, John de Crayon. And uh, it's pronounced like crayon, as far as I can tell. Just (laughs) (laughs) Crayon. Yeah. (laughs)
0: Uh, uh, La yep. bon
2: So,
1: Jean de Crayon, bit of an asshole, um, mm. but while he is growing up, France and Britain are at war because that was just how things were for, like, 400 years. <laughs> um, uh, and, Basically, uh, up
0: until it wasn't. Yeah, yeah.
1: So, uh, uh, for a long time, that's just how things were. Uh, this was during the period of time where they were always at war, and uh, quote, Mad Charles the Sixth is the king of France when he's a young child. Henry the Fifth coming up over there in England. The Battle of Agincourt happens in fourteen mm. uh, fifteen. This is the you might remember this battle from Henry the Fifth from Shakespeare. Swanry so gives the big St Crispin's Day speak, speech unless I am misremembering that but I'm pretty sure I'm right. Um it's a big turning point. Uh the English have a lot more control over the French after this point. In fact, Henry sort of becomes the kind of king of France and the lineage of Charles VI is severed. Um Uh, and this proceeds, uh, a number of years of revolution infighting. There are people who are dedicated to, uh, you know, restoring France to its former crown. Um, uh, Charles has a son who is, you know, Henry VII, who is, or Charles VII, who is, uh, you know theoretically entitled to the throne and a lot of people are dedicated to his cause Uh, they want to reclaim France for the French uh, but technically England has a hold over France at this time and this is all important because it's a big part of his military history even though it happened while he was too young to actually uh, participate in the military battles uh, in the meantime, Jill is being raised by Jean de Crayon. Uh, most accounts, this guy is an asshole. He is selfish, he's self serving, he uh, you know, does it within like sort of normal CEO modern day reasons. Yes. Um, he uh. Jill becomes his sole heir after his actual natural born son dies uh, at the battle of Agincourt. Um, But he is willing to steal, rob, kidnap, ransom. If it serves his interests and if he can get away with it in the court of public law, which is relatively lenient at this time in France, because it's a time of great conflict and you know, Nobles are more or less kind of allowed to do these things as long as they don't get too egregious. So
0: fortunately everything has changed in that regard.
1: Yeah, yeah. So uh this is what he does, and this is, I suppose, uh, you know, uh the way he teaches Jill DeRay, but uh I think there's you know. This is nature versus nurture shit. We're not going to talk about that right now. Um, uh, He does get a rounded education, uh, young Joe. Uh, He is, uh, you know, that's normal for the time for great, you know, people born into wealth and privilege. He gets a lot of, education and in and, and and all of these things uh but a great deal of that is military education that's also normal at the time he's uh taught how to fight how to kill how to engage in combat um he's uh led into a wedding with his fourth cousin to consolidate power uh the church initially has a problem with this eventually it's resolved In the great scale of scandals in this man's life, (laughs) this one is minor.
0: It does not even Um, register.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So
2: a lot of it was like, what? (laughs)
1: uh, Anyways, uh, eventually the church does concede to bless the wedding. Um, How close they are is ambiguous. I would say they probably weren't very uh, they had one child nine years after the marriage, and it seems like they mostly lived apart based on what we can tell. Um, so, uh, Charles Seventh, the sort of pledging king of France, if he can restore the bloodline from his father, uh, attempts to regain control of France. Um, <clears throat> this goes initially quite poorly. Um, but Jill is, in fact, involved in some of the early disputes in this revolution to reclaim France uh, and uh, involved in several battles, even kind of a hero in a number of them. Uh, there's one where he climbs the battlements before anybody else. He leads troops frequently. He is brought on as an advisor to the king. This is maybe in part due to his, you know, Uh, illustrious heritage and the fact that he Mm -hmm. is a noble by birth Um, but uh, you know he is something of a war hero during this period in history where France is trying to reclaim a little bit of their independence Mm
0: -hmm. and Uh, he, he is like just to give a little bit of extra context like he's up in the mix with like Joan of Arc yeah, so out, that's what comes next. Time. Oh, sorry. Joan of Arc uh
1: appears. Um uh uh I, I, I just want to say like based on everything I've heard, uh Joan of Arc is uh, uh not a good military leader. Um she is kind of zealotrous and oh. um a lot of her attempts are uh without caution or thought. Uh I think I d I don't uh I don't place a great deal of of regard in Joan of Arc as I don't know, she's sort of a great rallying figure, more so than mm-hmm. someone who actually has any uh idea of how to militarily command and anything. She- yeah, whatsoever she would get you in a like bar for yeah. like doing that, <laughs> yeah. She, she
2: she
1: she doesn't know actually what the fuck she's doing most of the time on the battlefield, but regardless, uh, she enters and uh is a big uh, sort of mascot for the French campaign. she has a couple of uh successes uh that are you know uh by luck or by pluck, she has successes and um she wants charles to be king and she's on the same side as giles uh there's even a story that uh, uh, she was brought in to meet charles and uh charles pretended to be a common like you know advisor and Mm -hmm. she recognized him immediately um even though uh He was not on the throne. Some sources say that Giles was the man who was pretending to be Charles in those situations. Mm. (laughs) Though that is
0: not, you know, we can't confirm that. And I'm sure Uh there is a decent chance that Charles had, of course, whatever European inbred royalty (laughs) sort of face happens. Look up any Habsburg and you'll know what I'm talking about.
2: Or see Midsummer.
0: Yes. (laughs) uh but there are anyway
2: oh i'm sorry no no no, don't let me interrupt you keep going
1: (laughs) uh so there are actually occasions where uh joan has uh sort of unruly and disruptive attacks that are like pretty poorly thought out and jola drey comes in and Helps save her from like these poorly thought out rushed attacks. Like sometimes even Charles is considering peace and Joan is like, we cannot have peace and oh. uh, goes rushing in full force. And cool. yeah, she, uh, she be, she's a bit of a wild card
2: like a jk rallying
1: you're like what yeah um eventually a lot of french nobility actually ostracize her but uh um you know uh Ray seems to be sort of always fond of her even near the end of her life when she is captured by the english uh he there is he goes to a town only a few miles away from where she is captured and some people speculate it's because he was planning a uh, an attempt to save her Mm -hmm. but if it if he was planning it he never actually went through with it 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 didn't happen um but uh that begins the next portion of his life the post (laughs) military career um yeah. joan joan dies at some point around this time she is killed um and he uh a very rich man he spends his fortune on a lot of frivolous shit uh parties and uh, extra castles and nonsense like that funko he, pops yeah just anything he's he's just He's got a lot of people that he hangs has hang around him that he just like pays dividends to all this stuff. He's just throwing away money. His, uh, sort of father figure, Jean de Crayon actually begins to loathe him at this time for his spending. Uh, uh, though John eventually does die. Obviously he's an old man in 1400s France. He's not yes. going to live super long. Um, but uh, yeah, he actually Jean de Crayon actually sort of intended to transplant uh, his inheritance to his younger brother, who he thought was more uh, steady headed, and almost certainly was. Um,
0: <laughs> given yes, yes, given given but, what's going to happen
1: after uh after john dies uh he starts selling multiple castles to afford these egregious debts and these servants and these parties and these other things he's doing um and he even turns to big injury, kidnapping and ransom now as i said earlier this is not strictly forbidden for lords his grandfather jean de crayon did all of this stuff he was a brigand and a kidnapper and a ransomer um so this is a tumultuous time in france and a lot of the misdeeds of the nobles just got people looking the other way Mm -hmm. but you know uh charles the seventh was trying to reinstate some kind of rule of law after a certain point and He was trying to decrease the amount that these things were just forgiven. Um, He had a a number of, a few cousins, a few servants, um, and other people like that. And probably roughly around this time, which was something like 1431 or two. There became, there was a number of reports of kids disappearing from areas where uh, he was, he had power, where he had castles, where he had influence, which were, you know, Mm -hmm. a couple different areas, Um, mostly young boys. Um, He continued to fall out of favor with French nobility over these years, uh, seeming more erratic and hectic uh a far fall from his days as kind of a war hero um uh and uh it seems as though he also started to get involved with uh alchemy and demon summoning uh were things he became interested in mostly because it seems uh as far as his confession goes his money was running out And he was hoping that uh, one of these things could solve his monetary problems, Um, that alchemists could turn silver to gold or he could summon a demon to, I don't know, make a deal to solve his woes. He actually employed a few alchemists, um, the first of which, as far as I can tell, told him he could turn a silver coin into a gold coin. They locked him in a room for a night to do this, and the alchemist got drunk and fell asleep.
0: (laughs) Uh, What a a scam. I would have... I'd love this. This is also the uh, only phase of his life I approve of.
1: There is one guy, uh, Francois (laughs) Perlotti, who was actually sort of his... I guess you'd call him as Rasputin. It's a guy who stuck with him for a number of years, who claimed to be an alchemist, though he never proved any tangible results, obviously. Um, but uh DeRay kept him on his sort of uh I don't know, payroll mm-hmm. for quite a few years. Uh I, actually up until he was caught. Um spoiler alert. Uh <laughs> Uh, this guy was was part of his team and it as far as i can tell from the histories which are obviously incomplete because these histories are always incomplete i think this guy was just kind of like milking him for money i also think he had an idea that this guy was up to really dark shit and looked the other way so probably yeah. not a good guy
0: yeah um, fuck, him, fuck him
1: yeah yeah <laughs> um anyways uh yeah he was doing some of this like you know alchemist demon summoning shit but primarily he was just having gluttonous parties it seemed like he was just being a drunk and a a a hedonist and on the other side again these kids kept disappearing from areas where he roamed um i'm gonna talk about that aspect after i talk about him being caught uh so i'll i'll mention that before i do um anyways he was getting poorer and poorer spending his money frivolously he attempted to seize by force a cap uh, a castle that he had previously sold off to pay some earlier debts um he actually ran up upon this guy, Jean Leferon, who was the brother of the new owner, who was the Duke of Brittany on the road and basically forced him to say, either give me this castle back or I am going to murder you. And the guy said, okay, I guess I'll give you the castle back. <laughs> uh, this guy was a priest and uh, he threatened him with torture um, uh, but even then this guy was connected, you know what I mean? Like his brother was a Duke and this was like a step too far. This guy, Gile got a light, got away with a lot because he was connected with powerful people and came from a position of privilege. Now he's fucking with other powerful people. And so, This is about the time when they start taking measures against him. Initially, um, they imprison one of his guards. They impose a uh, $50,000 franc fine against him, which would have broken his bank at the time.
2: Yeah. and
1: it was more than he can pay and as he continues to act out uh, eventually they start acting more heavily on these reports of missing children on all this weird rumors about this guy and there's a full-on investigation at the same time king charles the seventh is like i want to cut down on lawlessness among my nobles so that's also a factor in why you know they're starting to uh, sort of scrutinize him a little more. He got away with it in the lawless times where Britain and France were like, I mean, France was just like, who even runs this fucking country? Like, it's easy, <laughs> easier to get away with shit at that yeah. time. Um, So uh, they begin to look into the long running rumors of uh, missing children uh, in the Providence's. Um. And pretty quickly the evidence accrued against him. Uh, Evidence um, of his involvement with these missing children and important at the time, but less important now. Also heresy and demon summoning. Hmm. Um, uh, Legit dope, but this is the part where I have to talk a little bit about uh, some of the things he did. Yes. Uh so I'm going to give you guys uh you know um you know press skip 15 30 seconds. I'll give you a second to find the button. Um just very quickly, you know, these these were things that this guy did to these kids from poor people around where he lived. Uh he dismembered them, he beheaded them. He broke their necks with a specific device he used uh, for that purpose. He, r- he raped them before, after, and possibly during death. Uh, and he tortured them through cutting and stabbing. So uh, these that's uh, a limited list of some of the stuff that he did to Honestly, quite a lot of children. Yeah.
2: Uh really uh, like it's insane.
1: Yeah. Uh, but I don't I didn't want to spend too much time on that part of it. It yeah, is thank you. Uh you know, <laughs> <a> graphic.
2: <laughs> too much for you.
1: Um, anyways, uh so the investigation proved fruitful. There was a lot of evidence or enough, uh, you know, to bring him to trial for his crimes. Um and by most accounts, it seems like at least a couple of his accomplices, his servants, his cousins, his alchemist buddy, con artists, uh, turned on him. Uh, at least one, maybe more than one. We don't know who. Um, but there were, you know, heavy accounts of like what they did in covering up these crimes, cleaning up bodies from castles they were about to sell, things like that. Um uh he had two trials in fact. One was a sort of religious trial and one was a secular trial held in two floors of the same building. Um and actually run by the same guy who for some reason got to run them both. I can't remember why. I'm sorry about that.
0: <laughs> no, that's is, that's is, Oh, that's that's why we have separation of church and state. Um, uh, but I mean, also fuck this guy. But uh,
1: he was a Im- He was initially extremely uncooperative by all accounts. Uh, even held in oh, contempt of nah. court. Um, but as the uh, charges and potential punishments accrued, he seemed to get a little bit more compliant. Um, uh, but again. Uh, Even by the court records, he started getting angry and surly again uh, in the days after that, but was threatened by a tort, uh, uh, by torture, by the Inquisition, not for his charges of murder so much as his charges of heresy. (laughs)
0: Such a fucking stupid time. Yeah.
1: So when, when that threat of torture came around... And he was brought around to be tortured. He was like, uh, actually, I think I'll confess. <laughs> um, and indeed confessed to all the murders. Uh, they He confessed to them being not for any demon summoning or heresy or anything like that. He said he just wanted to do them. Uh, at the <laughs> time, it, it actually confused the person questioning him uh, there was no conception of somebody like a serial killer at this time. But uh, yeah, the guy who questioned him according to the records was like, I don't understand what you mean. Like you just did this, but yeah. Uh, yeah,
0: I mean, there's also like, part of me is like, again, the thing of like the heresy being viewed as like almost worse or more like, yeah. but there's also the sense of like, yeah, how do you understand someone telling you, no, I just kind of did this. Yeah. Like... Yeah. The, uh, the worst they thing.
1: brought in his alchemist friend, the uh-huh. long carn artist, to corroborate his story, and actually to see if it was for demonic summoning purposes. And he was like, he brought me a few body parts exactly one time, and that's it. Uh, he didn't ever bring me anything else. And Giles Duray was like when when they brought him away from the from the Inquisition area he was like literally in tears with this guy being like my friend I'll see you again in the future of Paradise <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> uh uh he was like I know this is the last time I'll see you um both of these people were executed yeah. um oh my God. Uh, anyways, on October 26, 1440, uh, he was hung, uh, uh, and then his corpse was burned along with two of his servant accomplices. Uh, he requested to be murdered, uh, first, or murdered, hung, executed first of the three, which was granted. Uh, his charge was the murder of 140 children or more. Uh, Jesus. Uh, yep. So he was hung, then his corpse was cut loose and dropped into the fire, and that was the end of the story of the once-war hero turned insane serial killer Jill <laughs> Oh
2: my god. Fucking
0: hell. Okay. It's-
2: so
0: crazy like it's it's bad and I I will say as much as I'm just against snitching in general there are times when (sighs) you you should tell someone that you suspect your friend or employer is doing the Uh, stuff that Zach a safe one
1: is if uh, someone is abusing a child.
0: Yes, straight up, that's it.
1: You tell somebody.
2: Really, what a time to be alive!
1: But like, yeah. or if you think they're a fucking serial killer yeah. who's killing people for fun. People are just also like a serial
2: killers, and people are like, "That's just what rich people do." Yeah. <laughs> it but, feels um, so real, right? Because, like, also that's kind of how I feel like. Like, the whole time period of, like, gladiators and shit. It's just, like, rich people wanting to see people at their work Like, there's something there. That's crazy. Uh, Also just being rich as fuck. Sorry.
0: No, no, no. (laughs) You're good. Zach, uh, thank you for doing the, I'm sure, not fun research on that. (laughs) Uh, But, Katie, whenever you're ready. Uh, take it away.
2: Right. Okay, so okay, wait, my computer just locked. Of course, I want you to know that I also always research just because I want to know what I'm getting, what the contrast mm. need, what we need, what what kind of color do we need right now. So I was in my in this history, um, I was like, you know, deal. Del Rey is, like, a pretty cool guy. Uh, <laughs> Gil Del Rey was born in 1405.
1: I should say, there are people who think he was framed. Yeah,
2: yeah. okay, this is... <laughs> yeah, who knows? Like, who fucking knows? It's so crazy.
0: They did, yeah, CSI was not... <laughs> Crime investigation techniques were, again torture and threats of torture yeah at this time it's so funny too because and
2: if if he
1: fell out of political favor like it's less inconceivable than someone being framed nowadays to me but I don't think he was framed
2: (laughs) yeah I don't think he was either Um, but it is crazy because this like repetitive cycle of like people just losing their brains that have too much power um then like receiving like damnation and like all their shit gets buried it just keeps happening in history like we literally just had it again where you know in america we're taking down statues and people are like that's history and i'm like no we're making history because we're taking these statues down <laughs> now these statues are going to get buried and one day people will be like what the fuck? white people are terrible <laughs> okay anyway so He was the first person to give us the short punk haircut um, with bangs and a bob. Uh, So (laughs) thank you. Yield the And um, his father actually survived the war that he was in. Um, And so they hugged him out and his dad was very present. And so (laughs) Gil was given his own, his own castle where he could go Designing medieval clothing and stuff Um, Because he was drafted to The war at the time There's nothing he can do about it Um, And it was at the war Where he saved Joan of Arc That she asked him to be her lover But Ray figured out that um, Or no, sorry But she asked him to be her lover But he was like, oh, I'm actually into Charles and she was like me too and then suddenly she died at battle um after the war was over he traveled back to one of his many castles and decided to throw lots of balls like all kinds of balls where he could invite lots of young people that and like all these young people would come and explore their genders and sexualities at a very young age in a safe space <laughs> Giel ends up spending a little too much money on these kids though because, you know, people said he was kind of like an early day house mother um, and he ended up, um, you know, he gave shelter to too many boys and it was just a very archaic time. People were very judgy. They were like, where are our boys? Where are all our boys going? And the boys were like, we want to be here, mom. But the boys were there and so the town started whispering about it and also at the same time um, Gil's Uh, made some bold decisions and he sold one of his castles so his grandpapa took some stuff away and formed a secret society called a hitman duo they were called the two devils one night in 1414 the two devils barged into Gil's castle and were so angry by all the amazing culture that was going on that was way ahead of its time uh, they decided that they were going to burn down the castle because they were Satanists and they burned it down with gills inside of it, and all the art and clothing inside with him, it all burned away, and all that was left was one single feather standing still in ash, just like in that movie. No, nope. okay, anyway, <laughs> <laughs> the town took the, this feather as a symbol. From the higher power at the time, and Old Gil was seen as a demonized example, even though he was actually a really nice guy. The end.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Spoiler alert also for nope it's I pretty know, early like, it's pretty early in the movie okay, okay. i was
2: like okay get like a happy story how can we, like, no totally story? <laughs> that's, that's like the exact opposite
0: <laughs> yeah how, how do i go as far opposite that as possible uh also, katie thank you um before we wrap up listeners um i want to say uh You can always write us a letter at revisionistpodcast.com. Just click on the contact form at the top of the page. Uh, You can also find us on Instagram at revisionistpodcast. Um, There's an underscore in there. It is very late at night, and I am a sleepy boy. Um, (laughs) But, yeah. uh, Listeners, plugs. Katie... You are recording an album December 2nd at the Bug Theater.
2: Yes, I am. It's so I'm so excited. I've been working on it all year. And I would love for you to be there. There's tickets on brown paper bag. Mm-hmm. Please buy a ticket now and not later because I really am trying to get a head count. I'm trying to sell it out. Hopefully I can. Um, but, you know, I've had a lot of people be like, does it sell out or should we get one ahead? And I'm like, please, for my sanity, yes. get one ahead of time. It'll be December 2nd, um, 7 p.m. at the Buck awesome. Theater in Denver. Yes. Yeah.
0: Um, Zach, you co-host the movie Trap, which has been on a bit of a pause, but listeners can still find uh, a rich vein of back catalog material.
1: Yeah, I'm sure we'll be back uh mm-hmm. you know sooner or later. Uh but we have uh taken a hiatus uh due to uh, everybody you know uh we're old. All the people making these- <laughs> you're old, I'm old. Uh the people I make the mov- the movie trap with are old. We started mm-hmm. these things in our Early to mid 20s, and now we're not that way anymore. So, <laughs> uh, you know, maybe oh, we'll...
0: this is so much also my relationship with so many different things. I started <laughs> in my 20s. Oh, um, listeners, never be in your 20s, it's not great. You think it's gonna be really I... fun? It's 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 not. I mean, it's at least not. wait until you're twenty-seven. It's
2: um, a load of shit. You should either
0: be in your early
1: twenties forever or never be in them. Yeah, yeah. Pick, pick maybe one
2: like for two years.
1: Yeah. <laughs> if you pick if you pick the early twenties forever one, you'll you'll probably. I'm sorry, you're not gonna live. <laughs>
0: you you yeah no, yeah, and you are. You're going to do a lot of white drugs um, and you're going to (laughs) talk about opening a lot of restaurants with a lot of people. Um, uh, As for me, listeners, I make uh, tabletop role-playing games. You can find those on itch.io. Just search for uh, lamplighter games. Uh, The latest one available is called Heartwood. Heartwood. It's uh, an RPG where you play as trees uh, reforesting the post-human landscape. Um, I have another one that will be published soon Um, that is uh, just called Strike. It's a game of labor organizing. Um, So, yeah, keep an eye out for those. Um, Judgment falls to me this episode, and, like, I think... These are very, very opposite approaches, almost more than like usually happens on this show. I know like, like a lot I of the time know. we're like, oh, a lot of the cool things that this cool person did are still true. Um and that's not the case here because <laughs> of what Zach mentioned and the parts that some people may have skipped. Um <laughs> and so like I have very opposite approaches to to pick from here, uh, and I like the idea of t- hundreds of kids not dying. Um, I'm a fan of that. Um, <laughs> at the same time, um, I feel something of a pang of conscience of just being like... <laughs> No, it's okay. <laughs> uh, Exonerated. So I'm going to, I think I'm going to go. Oh, man. I think I'm going to go with the real history with my vote. But I also understand. Uh, Listeners, voting's open for you. This is a hard one for me. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I kind of
2: feel like going with the real history is like the right thing to do. Yeah.
0: (laughs) I want to live in the world of the alternate history.
2: Right. Don't we all? But But you don't want
0: to exonerate this guy. Yes. Yeah, Yeah. exactly.
2: No, we want him to die a lot. I'm so, I wish they burned him a little bit and then hung him, right? Like you want to get a little more in there on this guy. Yeah, it was like. sucks
0: i i'm not a fan of the death penalty but uh hey <laughs> if you torture 140 kids to death
2: i know that's like that's my line it has yeah,
0: to be that the, line. The, the, I, <laughs> I, that's your <laughs>
1: i agree yeah there's together, like <laughs> there's like i think murdering. Certain, any kids. there's certain nazis who died very painfully and i'm like yeah. That's fine.
0: Yeah.
2: Yeah, I know. I'm like, that is karma working itself out.
0: We will do an we will do an episode one day sort of going against our promise of like never talking about the Holocaust on this show. Uh because it's a comedy show about alternate history, and there's enough bullshit uh people make up. Yeah, Uh, oh my god. But there is a the one of the American executioners of people of Nazi war Oh yeah,
1: I know who you're talking about. Yeah,
0: was oh, a guy yeah. who lied on his resume and just said so he'd done a lot of executions one. and he's so, and he was just like fucked up a bunch of Nazi executions. <laughs> that guy's hilarious. That's that guy oh so fucking
2: funny. That is like that should be a horror film. Or even like a horror be the film.
0: Feel fucking good movie of the it's... year. <laughs>
2: That's like a turnaround. Like I feel like that's like a last house on the left turnaround. But Mm -hmm. like, yeah, like you're just like, all right, let's see these parents kick some ass.
1: I think that guy sucked in like other minor, like other aspects of his life. But that part is hilarious.
0: Yeah, that's
2: That's, true. Oh yeah, he's like that's like it's like a Ken
0: Bone situation. (laughs) <laughs> uh, I think we'll, we'll we'll end on that I the classic Ken Bone situation
2: Katie thank you so much
0: for being here
2: yeah thank you for having me it's always a pleasure glad yeah. I could at least lighten it up
0: yeah <laughs> totally That's that, was, al- that was always going was to be the challenge weird. with this guy
2: it was a hard one I was like okay you can't go I, I mean like a lot every... of it was the
1: history of French
2: you know i was like he already is at like is you know how like some of the history is not that crazy. like the last one i did i don't think the history was like you know it was like logical thinking people doing (laughs) and like i was like man this guy's like at a 12 out of a 10 he's just like done everything you could have and like the like how bad can it be how horrific can it be like you know, like we don't need to make it scarier.
0: <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> oh, thank yeah. you, Zach. Thank you as always. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. For everyone here at the Revisionists, happy Thanksgiving. Gobble gobble know.
2: gobble. That's my turkey.
0: Your turkeys classic... are actually terrifying.
1: <laughs> classic, classic Thanksgiving icon, Gerald <laughs> <laughs>
0: What is Thanksgiving oh, okay. about if not murder? Oh. <laughs> That's have a good a, rating a, ever. <laughs> yeah, have have a good time. November fourth, nineteen sixty, Jane Goodall observes chimpanzees in Tanzania creating and using tools. The first recorded observation of non-human animals sharing a pirated Adobe Creative Cloud key. There uh, we go. November fourth, nineteen seventy, Salvador Allende becomes the first Marxist elected president in Latin America, leading the CIA to redacted, redacted, redacted military coup, redacted, redacted, shot in the head. Weird choice of the redacteds. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I it's just how it came to me. Um <laughs> that I received the information. <laughs>